Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to All Geeked Out, your number one podcast destination for everything you geek out about. I am your host, Anthony, and yes, I am. I'm driving this train solo today. Uh, I am the lone conductor of this trip through American, I guess you'd call it American neoclassic literature. Uh, That's my take on it. Uh, And I am, uh, I'm kind of starting it on an upbeat note, uh, as I always do, but this is actually kind of a somber episode um you know and as we like to do it all geeked out you know we appreciate everything that has to do with movies uh you know all kinds of all sorts of arts and entertainment um and when we lose uh somebody that's really you know made an impression and an impact in our lives as far as like what we read and what we watch and you know I mean, I mean you I mean you could go all day and talk about how what you consume as you know uh media you know entertainment like you know books movies tv whatever what you consume there what you enjoy watching uh on your television or in the movies or what you read in the book uh that you know that kind of it's impossible to say that doesn't bleed out into your your everyday life like you know you have heroes in stories that you read or see and you know, you you want to emulate those heroes, you know, and you have villains, and well, sometimes you want to em- emulate the villains. Some people do, uh, or you can, you know, say like you you relate those villains to like people in your in your real life. Like everything in a book or a movie, like you have to, it has to be relatable. I feel for you to enjoy it. So I think what we choose to enjoy, um, you know, what we choose to like lean towards as far as like genres and the types of books and movies and tv that we do watch it i think you know i'm sure there's some kind of psychological study that you know says like what type of person you are uh based on you know what type of media you consume whether it's you know like i said books media tv like the traditional types or you know Nowadays, you got social media, TikTok, and you're not going to tell me these things don't influence, you know, people, mostly the younger people, um, because, well, I, I just want that to be the case, because otherwise, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this fucking world today, uh, so I like to blame everything on TikTok and Instagram and all that bullshit, uh, but that's me, I'm just a crotchety old man, um, and speaking of, you know, old men, uh, Cormac McCarthy, um, you know, it was a favorite writer of mine uh, for, I won't say a long time. I'm going to say, you know, the past 20 years or so, um, you know, I kind of discovered him um, probably after um, well, No Country for Old Men, you know, and I saw the movie first, you know, and this was in the time, like, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, you know, I've probably told the story a million times how, like, I used to be like a avid reader, you know, huge, just used to bury myself in books. Uh, every night I would just read, read, read. Uh, I used to be able to tear through like, you know, seven, 800 page novels in, you know, uh, a few nights if I, you know, or a week or whatever. Uh, nowadays, like I'll start a book and, you know, once in a while I'll try to get back into reading. I'll start a book and then it just sits there and I, it's just been a, it's a struggle these days and I don't know. And everybody's busy, you know? So 
I've been making a conscious attempt to try to make more reading time for myself. Um, and Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all those other fucking sites had something else to say about that. Because uh, I seem to just get stuck on the couch and watching these f- fucking binging stupid shit over and over. And I should be reading some good books. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so Cormac McCarthy, he passed away last week uh, on June 13th. Uh, I want to, I believe it was June 13th. It was the 14th. I don't remember. I think it was last Tuesday. Um, it was it was a big blow. I mean, the guy, he was, I think he was 89 years old. Um, you know, so he, was, he was an old man. He died in natural causes. There wasn't anything, you know, fishy or it wasn't like some disease. Like, the, the press release was he died of natural causes, and this was his son, uh, one of his sons that, you know, reported that. So, you know, there's no reason to believe anything otherwise. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of weird because he, like the last book that I remembered him publishing uh, was like 2005, I want to say. Um, was it, uh, I, I want to say it was The Road. Like The Road was uh, 2005, 2006. And then nothing. He, he just, I, I thought he just, retired you know stopped writing uh then last year 2022 he came he banged out two fucking books really quick um and i haven't read them and i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm some kind of uh a cormac mccarthy like you know historian or like uh you know i've read all of his works and all that shit nah like i said i came i came kind of came into the party a little late and it was at a time when i wasn't really you know a heavy reader like i once was but you know, what changed all that for me was, you know, when I watched the movie, No Country for Old Men, uh, and it just blew me away. I mean, that, I mean, that there's just something like magical about that movie, which it, it, it like sparked an interest in me in like an area of the world in, during a time of, of that area of the world that I didn't think I had any interest in. And I'm talking about, you know, the American Southwest and now, yeah, I'm a big Western fan. Like, once again, if you go through my, you know, through, like, the archive of past episodes of All Geeked Out podcast, um, you'll see I did, I actually did a, you know, a Western episode about all my favorite Westerns and how I feel about, you know, certain Western icons and all that. Um, so I'm a big fan of, of the Western, you know, Western, the Old West we're talking. But he kind of, he put, like, an Old West spin on more modern times uh, of in in the west in the southwest you know and he made it fucking interesting man and he had a he had just a way about him um i don't know he was he was special and he was probably you know i i would call him the last great american you know author like of of the last great creator author however you would want to put it of, a, of american literature um you know who's out there now that you would call a great you know, there's like maybe like two or three somebody could fucking bring up that's better than Cormac McCarthy in the past, you know, 30, 40 years. Um, but I'll, I'll argue, I'll argue my guy because I probably haven't read anything that those other guys did. Um, but to give you, all right, so for those of you that aren't familiar at all with Cormac McCarthy, um, as an author, I, I, everybody has seen at least one of his movies. I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point, um, but let me, this is, uh, this is, this is like Wikipedia's little like intro, uh, like about who Cormac, Cormac McCarthy was. Um, so I'm reading this, uh, from, from the Wikipedia. So Cormac McCarthy was an American writer who authored 12 novels, 
two plays, five screenplays, and three short stories, spanning the Western and post-apocalyptic genres. He was known for his graphic depictions of violence and his unique writing style, recognizable by a sparse use of punctuation and attribution. All right, so let's let's let me just get into this a little bit. All right, American writer, you know, he authored twelve novels. All right, so I've read six of his books, and you know, so I was thinking like I still got all this. Shit. I didn't realize he only wrote twelve novels. I mean, and up until last year, that was only ten. So he only had ten novels up until last year. Um, so that's that, that's one thing, I, you know. So it's it's very a very particular uh, bibliography there uh, for him, or very very small. Uh, two plays, don't, not sure what those were. Uh, I'd have to look into that. Five screenplays. I know I've seen at least one of them. Uh, I know he did the the counselor. Uh, a couple, two, two, three years maybe. Uh, it was starring uh, Michael Fassbender. Uh, Javier Bardem returned uh, to work with him after obviously his probably his groundbreaking role the one that got him noticed the most uh in no country for old men where he played uh anton sugar uh sugar 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 i know when i read the book i read it as sugar it's that's how it's spelled but sugar or something like that um so he comes back and he he jumps onto uh the screenplay uh, so it was a, a original screenplay that was made to be made into a movie, uh, and I gotta say it was it was all right. It wasn't that great. I mean, I I love Michael Fassbender, I love Javier Bardem, and I love Cormac McCarthy. It seemed like a fucking perfect recipe for success, and it was just kind of yeah, you know. I mean, it wasn't it didn't blow me away. So you know, hey. No, you don't hit on every, you know, every swing isn't going to hit it out of the park. You know, you got to mix in the good with the bad. And I know he, all I know is that Coleman McCarthy had a run, uh, you know, and we'll get into that. But he had a run of just incredible novels uh, that are going to end up being classics, let me tell you. And nobody knows about his best one. That's going to be a movie soon, and I'm going to get into that shortly but you're gonna want to hear about this because i guarantee you and especially now you know after his passing i'm sure because i will get we'll get into that i don't want to i don't want to jump the gun all right so that's Colin mccarthy in a paragraph all right obviously this guy is you know there's way more to this guy to what he does and what he did and the just kind of like the stamp he put on american literature modern american literature that will be classic uh, at some point i guarantee people will still be reading his books 100 years from now and i and i'm glad that this is on the internet it will never go away and someday 200 years from now somebody's going to like you know find this old archive of oh this they used to have this thing called the internet and they used to you know they used to hold everything they had these things called servers and we and somebody's going to come across this and say wow this fucking guy knew what he was talking about way the fuck back in 2023 he knew this guy was going to be an american classic and you know uh, uh just taught in schools all that stuff so who was he you know, Colin McCarthy, beyond that little paragraph that summed up a fucking 89-year life. Um, well, first of all, hitting close to home, born in Providence. So, born, you know, in my home my home area. I wasn't, well, I was born in Providence, but uh, I, I've, you know, half of my life I lived in and around the Providence area. So, right there, he's uh, where Ken 
practically. Um, he only lived there for about four years. Hey, very similar to me. I was born in Providence, lived there till I was four, then we moved to Johnston. He was born in Providence, lived there till he was four, and then they moved to Tennessee, and he went on to have a fucking writing career, so that's where the fucking similarities end. But anyway, um, so he's, you know, he moved to Tennessee, and that's then he starts, like, you know, he gets into... At that time, I think his early writings were kind of like of Appalachia. You know, he was kind of like in that, that was what he knew. And that's what they, you know, that's writing 101, write what you know. And that's where he was from. So that's what he knew. So that's what he wrote about. Um, and then later, I believe he moved to like Santa Fe, uh, like somewhere in New Mexico. And he moved to the mm-hmm. Southwest. And uh, then he started writing. That's when he started that like phase of his writing where it was going into like the Southwest, uh, you know, Westerns and like bringing that kind of like gritty, like just, uh, unruly world of the old West, like the wild West that we would call it and kind of modernizing it, bringing it up to the modern times and really saying like, there's nothing has changed in the Southwest. Like not everything. It's still the wild West. It's just not like pioneers and, and frontiersmen and cowboys. It's cartels and, you know, DEA agents and, and small town sheriffs trying to, you know, fucking kind of rationalize all the shit that's going on around them. And it's, it, 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 hasn't been done you know like i haven't seen it done before and he really like brings that to light like it's still a wild west it's still a fucking you know uh uh just like a melee constantly you know with all those cartels and everything and i think that's what he was trying to like that was like the message he was trying to you know put out there it's like you know the wild west isn't over the wild west ain't dead it's still the wild west it's still fucking guns and you know who's got the the bigger batter fucking group of baddies or whatever you know tough guys and hired guns and it, it's 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 the same thing it's the same as it was 200 years ago and or like 100 years ago let's say well yeah we're going on 200 almost but um yeah it's just it, it and it's it makes sense and it's it's true and it's real um so i mean that's like the, the type of stuff that he wrote on and i haven't read anything that he wrote uh before say like 1984 i think i think that was um so that was around the time when 84 85 i think when he went out to the southwest and uh started like letting that influence his writing um, and talking about influence on his writing, one thing, so I know a lot of people have, have seen, you know, movies based on his books, like pretty much a lot, most people have seen the road by now, you know, most people have seen no country for old men by now, uh, probably a handful of people saw all the pretty horses and, uh, you know, it, it was, it wasn't the best movie, but you know, it, it's, it was, it was a big story in his uh, you know, library. Um, and I'll get to that too in a minute, but, um, so a lot of people have seen all those movies, but haven't read the books, you know? Um, and one thing, anybody that reads Cormac McCarthy, um, that you pick up a Cormac McCarthy novel for the first time and open up the pages and there's just something that's going to just jump right off the page at you, or actually something that's very conspicuously not jump off the page at you. And that is punctuation. 
the guy does not use punctuation. And I, I can't really, I can't express how odd that is when you first kind of read it. Um, he doesn't use, all right. So his, his like, um, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it. Like his rules, his punctuation rules, uh, it goes like this. And I, I think some of this was taken. He did, a he did an interview with Oprah Winfrey uh, a while back and, you know, she was asking cause she was a big reader of his books and she, you know, it was probably like the, the number one question on her mind. I don't know when in the interview that she threw this in there, but I'm sure she like kind of held it back a little to just not to like jump on it all at once. But she asked him, you know, what is up with the quotation marks? Like, why don't you use quotation marks? Uh, you don't use semicolons. I've seen one colon in your book, like in one of your books one time, uh, very little use of commas. So, so the way he explains it, is, you know, I believe in periods and capitals and the occasional comma, and that's it. And that's all he said. And he does not use quotation marks. So what it does for the reader is it causes you to kind of have to look in and, and uh, like, it causes you to pay more attention. You know, it causes you to like, have to like understand. Cause in order to know who's reading or who's talking, or if they're even talking, or if this is just the author, you know, you know, narrating, um, you got to really pay attention and it just, it, it makes you absorb the information that much better. That's what I found. Like I could read his book once, any of his books. I've read them like just one time and I didn't forget anything. I remember the whole book because you're paying attention to the little things where there usually would be a, a you know, a comma or a semicolon or a quotation mark that would say, all right, this is the end of this sentence or this is the end of this person talking and move on to the next. Now you got to like, oh shit, uh, is this guy still talking or is this, you know, his son or is this the guy he's talking to? Oh, what's going on here? Um, it's like I said, it's off putting at first, but it's number one, it's just original. It's just kind of cool. It's like, you know, there's only like a handful of people that, that have done this and he's one of the first and he does it his own way. And his, his like reasoning of it was to simplify things, you know, like he felt like, I guess he used to like edit at school when he went to university of Tennessee for a while, I think. And I don't, I think he went to another college after, but at one of those schools, uh, he was like, uh, proofreading like essays or something for one of his his professors and the professor told him like simplify this, these works uh it was it was actually like stuff that was had already been published and he went through eliminated all these quotation marks and commas and 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 the guy loved it he said oh keep doing that it simplifies it it makes it less complicated whatever whatever that means i mean i don't know i never had a problem with quotations and books it's just kind of fucking cool to read a, something that's just written in a little bit of a different way. It's like reading Shakespeare, you know, for the first time, you know, like what the fuck is this guy talking about? But it, eventually you get it. And you, it also, also, it almost like endears you to it. Cause now, Oh, I get it. I get it. It's like when you figure out a code for the first time, or you, or you're staring at one of those, uh, those magic, fucking pictures like they used to be on the backs of cereal boxes and like you can't see it and then finally it fucking comes into focus for like that one second and you're like oh shit it's a sailboat and then it disappears again and you can't get it again well this was like that and you but you get it and then once you gut it you get it you, you you're like all right now it's now it's a non-factor and you actually kind of like appreciate it um 
So that that's that was just one of the things that makes him stand out, you know, in in American classic literature. Um, the other thing is this is this is like American. If you're going to call this guy an American classic author, um, just like a classic American, I don't know how the fuck you'd say it, uh, but he's up there with like the best of them. And the fact, the shit that he writes about is right up my fucking alley. You know, he's talking, he's writing about people like some of the most horrific, violent acts you could ever imagine. Um, I mean, like Blood Meridian, that book borders on horror. Like that's, it's like a... If they make the movie, they're going to have to decide what genre they're going for because it's either going to be a, like a Western or a horror movie uh, just due to the violence and like the depravity of some of the uh, antagonists in the movie uh, or in the story are just like, they'll blow you away. And I don't think they can get away with this. Uh, they're going to have a real tough time doing the book justice and keeping an R rating because this is going to end up in like the X or M. It's not like there's no... I mean, I, there's probably some rapes in there. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, <laughs> the book is so fucking violent and depraved. It's like, yeah, there might have been some rapes in there, but I don't know. They got, they got lost in all the fucking violence. That, that's how that book was. Um, I promise you, that book is going to be the next major motion picture uh, based on a Cormac McCarthy novel. It's already been in the works, but that's just been the thing. There's been a lot of big names attached to it, but nobody can figure out how to do the book justice and still keep at least in our rating. Um, there's no way to do it, and and it's gonna piss people off, and I guarantee it. I'm gonna get pissed off, but I have to see it, and I want to see it, but I'm still gonna get pissed off because there's no way they could keep the level of violence in this book, and you know, be able to, you know, put it out to the mass unless they do a streaming. I mean, they could do a streaming release, but then it's then it's like almost you're automatically saying it's gonna be a failure. So let's just fucking you know salvage what we can out of the fucking thing. Um, so I don't know. That's going to be coming in the works. I guarantee. Keep your, keep that word, keep that title in your head. Blood Meridian. Uh, every once in a while, do a search for it. You will see there'll be something in the works for that book. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. I, I just wanted to. You know, this is basically just me. Uh, you know, kind of lamenting the loss of uh, you know one of my newly beloved. That's the thing. It's like. It's not like a Stephen King or like, you know, authors that I used to read like when I was younger where, you know, they just keep pumping out these books, you know what I mean? And and I, I jumped in and they got this huge fucking library of works that you could fucking go back to. Like this guy had a very, very concise library of, of you know, publications, you know, 12 novels. Um, you know, and from what I've learned, like some of his early stuff wasn't that great. Uh, you know, compared to like his, his later works. Uh, well, just to give you an idea, we'll run down it's cause it's only 12 books. We can run that right down his whole fucking bibliography here. Uh, his very first novel, 1965, the orchard keeper. Uh, I've thought about getting it. I've read some reviews on it. Wasn't like, you know, didn't blow me away. It didn't sound like anybody else was blown away. So, uh, I haven't, haven't picked that one up yet. Outer dock was his second. Second novel, 1968. So three years later, he released that out of Doc. And from what I understand, these this is like his Appalachian days. So this is when he was living in Tennessee. And he was, uh, you know, writing what he knew. And he was writing about, you know, some like people, backwoods people, I guess. I don't know. Was, from what I heard, that kind of weird. Um, 1975 comes out with Child of God. And once again, I don't know much about these books. Um, Sutri. That was the one I think that stood out as far as like the reviews on it. Like that was the one I was going to try. That was his fourth novel in 1979. Uh, I cannot tell you what it's about. Uh, sorry. So 
I, I did, I gave this, you know, disclaimer early on. I am not a Cormac McCarthy expert. I'm just a Cormac McCarthy fan. I like his works, his movie. They translated, they, so far, they've translated fairly well into the, into the screenplay. Uh, you know, all the pretty horses, notwithstanding, but the road and no country for old men were fucking just incredible and anybody wants to argue that with me i i have the road is my number one all-time post-apocalyptic movie uh on a list of 20 and no country for old man i don't even think that has a fucking category but it's just a just a drop dead fucking great movie like you know i can watch you can watch that movie drop dead right after and you know it's like my life has been fulfilled um yeah so but all right, so those are his first four books, and those are all like, like I said, like that's when he was like in his Tennessee days, and then he moves out to the Southwest, uh, and this is where he works on Blood Meridian. That's his first like really like Western type, uh, as far as I know. Maybe one of these other ones, uh, like the ones I mentioned, uh, deal with that stuff. Like I said, I haven't read them, uh, but Blood Meridian is like that's his apex. That was his peak. That was like. You know, it, that's like that one book. Like, if you're an author, you you just want that one really good book. And I don't even know how how the reception was on it. Like, if it was like a bestseller when it came out, I'm sure it may have become a bestseller after the fact uh, because his very his next books. Well, actually, no. So after Blood Meridian, that was 1985. He wrote that, and then he kind of took a he 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 what reverted like from like the ultra violent shit. And then he went with his, what, what's known as the border trilogy. All right. So it was three books that he wrote like one after the other. Uh, and it was all kind of telling the story of kind of like one area. I don't think there was a same character. Well, there might've been the same character too. Um, see, I, I don't remember. I read him. I read it. I have like a, a, a book. It's like all one hardcover book. And it's a really nice setup. It's got like a bookmark, like a like a sash, like a like a silken sash that comes out of the binder, so you can it's as like a built-in bookmark, uh, almost like a Bible, you know. And it's like really, really nice, like really quality paper. And they did it all good. And it's it's all three books combined into one, the Border Trilogy. Uh, it starts with all the pretty horses. Now, this if you didn't know, there is a movie, All the Pretty Horses, starring Matt Damon. Uh, and a couple other characters you would know. I think uh, Henry um, uh, Henry Thomas, uh, Elliot from E.T. I'm pretty sure Henry Thomas is in it. Uh, and then the kid Jimmy Blevins was, uh, uh, I forget the guy's name, but you know him if you've seen him. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's almost like a romance, but it's got like, you know, you know, bad shit happens to the, to the, you know, the, the protagonist while he's over in Mexico. And it's just this whole thing about life on the border between Mexico uh, of, you know, of the United States life on the border with Mexico. Uh, and just like all the, like the draw of Mexico for like young, young people and in, in the Southwest at the time and, and how that could end really badly because, you know, they kids don't realize like, you know, the culture clash and, and how things work down there and they're doing things the way they know. So there's a really good story there. It's just, it's really bound down and like a lot of like romance shit and, you know, just like, just weird shit. So I didn't really enjoy it. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. The books weren't bad. All the Pretty Horses, the movie was okay, 
But they never like continued and did the other two in, in the movie, so that's gonna tell you something. Like I'm sure this was like a uh, a work of you know passion, you know a passion project for Cormac McCarthy. Just the way you could tell the way he wrote it that he was really into this story. Uh, but it didn't work out, you know. So all right, so you got Blood Meridian, fucking great, great book. Don't know how much attention it got. I never heard of it. You know, uh, I mean, I wasn't out there looking for Western novels to read at the time, but, you know, it wasn't something that was popping off the, the headlines and all that shit. Uh, then you had the, the Border Trilogy, which was probably a failure. I mean, compared to, like, if you compare it to how he probably thought it might be received and all the work he put into it, probably a failure, all right? But now we get into his, his you know, the cha-ching fucking phase of the life of Cormac McCarthy. Because um, in 2005... Alright, so he finished the Border Trilogy. The last book, Cities on the Plane, or Of the Plane, was 1998. Oh, I didn't go through the title. So, the Border Trilogy consists of All the Pretty Horses, The Crossing, and Cities of the Plane. Three novels, uh, one story. And the last book was written in 1998. So, you're going to go seven years later, all the way to 2005... For the release of, uh, you know, the publication of No Country for Old Men. And let's face it, this is the one that, that puts Cormac McCarthy on the map for, like, the average, you know, viewer slash reader. And, you know, it was, that was, this was my eye-opener to Cormac McCarthy, uh, watching the movie. And you gotta credit the Coen brothers for, at least for me personally, you gotta credit the Coen brothers for, for making for kind of like bringing this guy out into the open uh because what a masterful job they did with this movie i mean it was just incredible and they kept like the dialogue was just like you read it like it's very like you know but they also have a way of capturing the like the the area you know the the little idiosyncrasies of a certain area of the united states like they just got away like they did it with fargo with the, like the voices and the you know just the the sayings and the colloquialisms and all that shit uh they did it with that you know they, they every movie they do they really really dig into like the meat and potatoes of what makes you know uh you know north dakota north dakota or the or the, the middle american north what it is or the south america southwestern united states all those little things that make that what it is. And they're just masters at that. And what they did with this, and they kind of kept a lot of things like quiet. Like you get the main protagonist, uh, you know, um, oh fuck. How can I not remember his name? Josh Brolin's character. Oh my God. So I, if you've listened to the show, you know, I get brain farts once in a while. It'll come to me in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, so Josh Brolin's character, you know, he's the main protagonist through the whole show, and he just, like, he dies, and they don't even show it. Like, you don't even see, like, the, the battle that kills him. It was, like, such a, like, like wait, is that him? And then the whole time, you're like, and I don't know if they did it for this reason, but you're looking at him on the ground, you're like, well, there's a chance that might not be him. You know what I mean? And Until, like, the wife fucking shows up and starts crying then you know like all right well yeah that's definitely him um but yeah it was, it was just so weird you know and but that's that's the thing like they they're so ambiguous with the with their like f the facts of the story or, or what what is transpiring that so i watched that movie and i was like i i gotta read this book because i don't know 
I really don't know a lot of what fucking happened, you know? Even it was it was fucking it it sucked me in and I was just like I was just like zoned in on this movie. Like I could not like take my eyes off. I had to watch it again and I've watched it so many times. And I still can't I still wasn't like, all right, I don't there's some things, some facts in the story. I don't know. So I bought, went out and got the book, read it, and I finished the book, and I still don't know what the fuck happened in that movie. Because everything that they did in the movie is just the way it happened in the book. You know, there's very little. Even that last scene where he gets killed, they don't really, it doesn't really get into, like, the whole, all the action and what happened. It's just like, next thing you know, boom, the guy's dead. Um, So, yeah, so that one, like, blew me away, but then I read it. But then... That's when I saw like his writing style and and how he, you know, just you know with very minimal like very Spartan when it comes to like punctuation, and um, you know and also like a lot of people at first said like oh yeah he style because I guess uh, William Faulkner kind of wrote in this kind of style like a, a classic uh, I think it was like, Faulkner was British wasn't he. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very big on the classic literature, but yeah. So people were telling them, oh yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, well, you, you get, yeah, like you, you were inspired by Faulkner. He's like, no, the influence on my writing style was James Joyce and some guy, McKinley Cantor, who fucking, I, I don't know, I have no idea who he is. Apparently he won a Pulitzer Prize in like 1955 for some book. Um, but yeah, so that's how, like, so he, it's not, completely unprecedented like his style but it is just it's really weird when you read it and but it's it, it grows on you and you and ever since it's just like I, i'm like i i i kind of noticed the punctuation on books that I, i'm reading now it's just weird it's like oh wow you really you probably didn't need that there you know i could have fucking read that and you see, it just kind of changes your thought process on you know what is all this 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 complicated punctuation that we have to, that we're expected to use like that's what he was like trying to like just dispel those like old like myths of about, about writing it's like you don't need that stuff the writer readers know what you're portraying you don't have to put all these extra slashes and curved marks and dots and all this shit in there we don't need it you know, we're, we're intelligent now. We're, we're way removed from fucking evolution in the caveman. We can fucking read a bunch of words on a page and not need a bunch of dots and slashes to tell us where to, where to pause and where to do. It's all in your fucking head anyway. That's what I love about Cormac McCarthy. He's going to be, it's just going to be, he's going to be really missed. Um, I, I was really looking for, I'm going to read his later, his two last novels, um, which, you know, so after No Country for Old Men, he wrote The Road. And this is 2006. Uh, and that's, I mean, right in my fucking wheelhouse. I'm, I love post-apocalyptic movies. The whole, like, idea of it. Like, the, it's not really, like, I'm not, like, into, like, seeing the world get wiped out. Not always. Um, but sometimes some people just, you know, destroy my faith in humanity. And I think we should wipe it all out. But, um, <laughs> but it, it's more of, like he had like he was one of the few like every you watch like a post-apocalyptic movie and they always had that little like glimmer of hope at the end like you know like oh they found you know they found a lush forest at the end of this long journey through the through the ash fields and all oh, they you know they they eliminated the, the last remaining aliens that invaded our planet or, you know i mean there's always like a a little glimmer and a little sunshine of hope at the end uh not with the road 
you know, the road was pretty much like, all right, so yeah, like, you felt good for the kid, like, all right, maybe he'll get by for a little longer, um, but but you saw no, like, chance of the human race surviving during the whole fucking story, and there's just something about that that hits you, and I'll, uh, there's only one other movie I've seen, like, post-apocalypse, that does, like, an even bleaker version of that, and that's, that's a, this English movie that came out, um, years ago, it might, I think it was, might have been the 80s, 70s or 80s, called Threads, name it Threads, like a, you know, like a thread, like a needle and thread, um, it's all, it's, it's kind of like the British version of The Day After Tomorrow, like the, that old, uh, nuclear war fucking movie, like TV movie, but this, like, this one was, like, dark and bleak and just, like, if, if you're, if you are at all, like, scared of the end of the world and Armageddon and nuclear war and with all this Putin shit going on with Russia and all of Ukraine. Uh, if that scares you a little bit, do not watch threads because you will slit your wrists. Uh, I guarantee it. So the road, uh, yeah, that was like, that's the last, his latest novel that I've read. Um, and then he went dark. He, uh, for shit, 12 years, 12 years. He, he went, Right, six two thousand six. His next books, and he he went boom boom back to back with two books in twenty twenty two. Actually, that's like fucking sixteen years, isn't it? Yeah, my math sucks. Anyway, yeah. So he came out with the Passenger and another book called Stella Maris. Uh, I think I'm gonna get those and read them. I just I don't know what they're about, but you know, hey, in honor of you know my currently my favorite author of all time. I don't know, Stephen King, I probably read more of his books, but I think Cormac McCarthy's books are a little, I don't know, they, they, they got like, uh, they're weightier, you know what I mean? Weightier, like they're, they're heavier, they're, they, they, they got more substance, you know, like Stephen King is great. I love Stephen King. I'll never say a bad word about Stephen King, but he's a, he's a pulp fiction writer. Like he's a, you know, he's a pulp writer. He bangs out books like fucking one after another. Uh, I, you can't even get finished reading the last book he put out and he's already got a new one out. Uh, which is, that's a testament to his, you know, work ethic, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like other than Stephen King, like Stephen King's been my guy for, since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but Colin McCarthy, it was nice to find like a, 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 a living American classic writer that's going to be known for years to come. And yes, he's not, not, no longer with among the living. Uh, but this was just my you know, and I, I've said before, I don't really like doing these solo episodes, but I don't really know, you know, probably doesn't know much about Colin McCarthy. He probably appreciates his movies. Uh, but I, this was just one that it hit me harder than pretty much anybody I know, uh, other than maybe my mother who, who reads, who I just dumped my whole collection on because I told her she has to read it. Uh, she read The Road, I know that, but I gave her my other books. Um, but... It's just a, it's, it's, this is a huge loss and, you know, to, you know, the American writing community. Um, and you know, it just, I just felt that it deserved some, some, a little bit of notice, uh, bring it to light to some people who maybe haven't read his works. And if you're a reader, uh, out there and, you know, you're looking for, a uh, you know, a new author to kind of get into or to try out, you know, uh, Colin McCarthy, you cannot do wrong. Like I said, he's got some books that are like a little bit on the violent side, if that's not your thing. 
uh, go for the Border Trilogy because that has some good stories. And like I said, it's not for me so much, but I still read the whole thing, so that's going to say something. I mean, just reading his... He can pretty much write anything, and, you know, it's going to be good just because it's a like his writing style is so original, and he's just got a way that grabs you when you read, when you read him. So... So that's my, that's, this is kind of my, you know, tribute to a great American writer that we have lost. Um, and I don't think a lot of people will even, you know, understand what we've lost for some, for some time, but everybody will. And I guarantee you there will be Cormac McCarthy titles on summer reading lists in high schools in the future, I, I, I'm going to put a guarantee on that. I'm going to say, I predict that at least one of his books is going to end up on the summer reading list for, for, uh, you know, school curriculum. And I, that will be, you know, when I see that I'll, I'm going to be fulfilled and I can just die that day. Uh, no, but for real, um, yeah, the, the guy was, a you know, just a great writer, original. He's American born in Providence. Uh, what's not to like about the fucking guy? So that's my show. Uh, I'm glad. I hope, you know, shit. Yeah, I always think it's going to be short and it ends up fucking 40 minutes later. I'm still looking at the clock tick. Um, but be sure to stay tuned. Uh, there's going to be a lot more all geeked out coming soon. Uh, we're planning on this weekend, uh, putting another episode in the can. Uh, and that would that would be published uh, probably sometime next week. Uh, right now, our working title for this ep- next upcoming episode is Most Underrated Movies of All Time. And what we're going to do is Emilio will be back to the All Geeked Out studio. And he's going to be here. And he's going to put together a list of his top 20 most underrated movies of all time. I'm going to put my list of top 20 underrated movies of all time. We are not going to share it with each other until the show. So it'll be a little drama uh, in this next episode. I hope everybody's everybody joins us. And, uh, you know, let's see how many of these movies that we both have on our list. Uh, and there, there's probably going to be some argument, uh, arguing. Uh, I already, we already tossed a couple ideas and we were already not agreeing. So that always makes for a good episode. So be sure, stay tuned. Um, for the next episode of All Geeked Out. Oh, you don't have to stay tuned. I don't expect you to sit there by fucking Spotify and wait for uh, the next episode. But, you know, just check back every once in a while. Uh, it'll be up. Uh, as always, I'll put a notification up on uh, Facebook and let you all know when it's time to jump back into the All Geeked Out podcast. And, uh, you know, as always, so I just appreciate everybody that listens, all the feedback we get. Um, it's just, it's just great. This has been a fun, fun ride and it's not stopping anytime soon. Uh, there's no reason to stop it. I just sit here and just bullshit for an hour and, you know, hopefully some of it is, uh, you know, you can take some of it and it, you know, enlightens you a little bit on some things. Oh, maybe you can just fucking laugh at it or maybe it just provides you something to listen to and you can say, listen to these fucking idiots. I'm smarter than them. You know, why not? Uh, Anyway, I can help. But uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out soon for the next episode of All Geeked Out. And uh, once again, just really uh, a very heartfelt R.I.P. 
uh, you know, sentiment from all geeked out to Colin McCarthy and his family. Uh, we lost an American legend uh, last week, and you know, it's just uh, it just needed to be brought to light. And my feelings about this author needed to be brought to light. And I just wanted to tell everybody, that, you know, what a good writer this is. And if you read, check him out. Thanks for listening. I'll let you get back to your whatever you were doing when you decided to turn on this fucking stupid podcast. Uh, but I uh, appreciate everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for the support. Uh, check us out soon at All Geeked Out. <laughs>